Well, I got so much to get to tonight. I could do, we probably do three hours tonight. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night on America's Voice. Well, let's start there. On real America's Voice. Press release out today. Um, perform, Performance One Media, a media solutions company and the parent company to America's Voice News, announces today that the company is enhancing the brand of its news network to reflect its connection to Real America. America's Voice News is now branded Real America's Voice as a demonstration of the company's commitment to serve as a platform for for traditional values, audience participation, and news and events that shape the future of Real America. Founded in 2018, Real America's Voice has expanded Across distribution channels to include Dish Network, Pluto TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, and of course major social media platforms including Facebook, YouTube with more channels planned in the future. This spring and summer, the network's distribution strategy has succeeded tremendously as viewership on Pluto TV alone increased by 210% from July to August. Tens of millions of views were delivered across all platforms. Uh, CEO Howard Diamond said, we're pleased to announce the launch of our enhanced brand at Real America's Voice. Uh, Our brand is not about us, though. It's about you, the American people, as the corporate media tell Americans what they should and should not think. We actually listen to our very diverse audience across the country about what they think, and we provide them the news and the views that they most want to see, he said. Real America's Voice is a platform for patriots all across America who care about traditional values, said Dr. Gina Loudon, president of programming at Real America's Voice. As the 2020 campaign heads into the final stretch, we'll be there every step of the way connecting with real Americans at the rallies, at the events that will shape the future of America, giving them real news and honest views all the way to Election Day and beyond. So Real America's Voice is announced as of today, and um, it's great. And at a time, as we've talked about on this show, that the media is, well, most of the media is really the propaganda arm for the Democratic Party. What a better time to continue to push this down the road. And it's not to make it about this show, but I, it's what I talk about the most. Um, we try to talk to you in a way that you probably talk around the dinner table at home about issues with whether it's with family or friends or relationships whatever it is so we try to talk to you about the things the way we would talk about it if we weren't on camera if we were home we we wouldn't be qualified as a think tank i think is what you're saying there damon more of a a stink tank (laughs) yeah stink tank's fine too (laughs) or think stank right (laughs) whatever it all works but uh so real america's voice so i got to get that into my Instead of just America's voice, I got to get the real, real America's voice. Um, So that's exciting. Good, um, good release. We've linked to that release on all of our social media. You can go read it for yourself. It's on our Facebook and our Twitter at LFS6B. And I also want to welcome tonight, uh, joining the Real America's Voice distribution, is Comcast in Chicago. Wow. Channel 113. Streaming right to Beetlejuice's house. Comcast yeah. in Chicago. So I want to send a big shout out to <laughs> Mayor Larry Lightfoot. I'm sure she's watching tonight. 
first night here on Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113. Lori, if you're watching, write, write in now and we'll send you an autographed photo of all of us. If, yeah. Uh, if Mayor Lightfoot's watching tonight, I hope you enjoy the show because it's probably the only night you're going to watch. Uh, but no, that's fine. And she's welcome to come on, too, and if she wants to. She doesn't have the guts. Well, probably not. So um, Chicken. Four minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B. So much to do tonight. Paul's going to have news. Rick Delgado's here. Uh, Rick Amrati's going to have sports. And I've just got a bunch of stuff. Um, and some of it's good, and some of it's just really, as we get closer to the election, I've got the clip of Joe Biden talking about public schools in this country and what his feeling is that really should... Um, you know, I don't know. I hope the African-American community and some of these communities are paying attention because Joe Biden does not want to give you the choice for what fits best for your kids. And uh, for most of us who have kids, all you want for your kids is what's best for them. Yeah. When it comes to anything, you want them to have a better life than you had. You want to try to do best as you can for them. And you want to give them the best opportunities that you can. And for a lot of us, that could be the public school system. You know, again, and it goes, it's so funny. They try to paint Biden as this moderate, middle of the road, <laughs> middle class Joe. He's not, he, he wants to get rid of your ability to buy single family zone housing through AFFH. He lies about it and tells you he doesn't. It's in the manifesto. We know what the Obama policy was. Dr. Carson and the president had to get rid of it. We've reported on Stanley Kurtz in National Review's article about AFFH. He does not want to have single-family zoning. He does not want to have, as you'll hear in this clip tonight, school choice. So how is he for these communities? How is he for them? Well, because he likes to suppress them and own their vote. He wants to just give them enough crumbs and scraps to keep them hanging around and desperately needing them. That's why he cares. (laughs) I mean, but none of the policies are to their benefit. Uh, None of them. None of them. (laughs) But But the sad part is they don't realize it. You know, they keep going back to that same trough thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be steak this time. I know it. Yeah. And then they get back there and it's the same slop they've been getting for years and never, never changes. I always but think- nobody ever goes, goes to the, and I think it's the, and I think this is where the GOP and the Republicans fail to walk in there and say, hey, you know what? Let me show you what else there is on the menu here that you guys aren't being told about. And I think that's the failure of, you know, the, the other side of the aisle. I always think of the movie uh, Braveheart where they're, they're all squabbling as you guys squabble for scraps from Longshank's table. You know, we want what's real, and that's freedom. And, you know, that's the thing these people don't realize. They've been lied to so relentlessly. And, and you said it before, uh, Rick. You said not a lot of people have the time to do these deep dives. And people right. who are, you know, impoverished or lower middle class and even poor— they're fighting to survive. There's no time for them to be doing deep dives and digs and understand. All they get is the sound bites and the, you know, and the cultural uh, misnomers that just keep on pervading every nook and cranny of their lives. So they, they're indoctrinated and they're, they're just trained to vote one way. Yeah, that's and, why the walk and, away movement so impressive to me. And another part of that equation is the the million dollar athletes and the celebrities yep. who all keep telling them, "No, this is, this is exactly what you want to do," because everybody wants to be in that clique. Everybody wants to be hanging with the cool kids. You know what I mean? 
So let's, they get uh, sucked in. Instead of waiting, since we're on this, let's just play it, G. Uh, cut 37. This is um, Biden talking about school choice. Roll it. So I have one more question. Sure. There are lots of people who think uh, there are other ways to solve all of these problems, and NEA members have pushed back against what we think are very misguided school reforms. Now, stop. Hold like a second. Charter. Now, what, what does she mean, misguided? How, how can you, <laughs> having the freedom to choose what's best for you and your family, be misguided? How can that be misguided? Because they don't agree with it, Damon. For you to have the, 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 uh, you, the audacity to think, well, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me try to do what's best for my kid. We want what's best for them. Maybe that situation is not what's best for them. To her, that's misguided. Go ahead. Schools. Regularly now, we've seen families and communities who will join us in fighting to save that neighborhood public school. Um, you know how we feel okay, hold about a charter schools. Who has to save it? <laughs> Who's saving them? I mean, these are government-run entities paid by the taxpayers. Yeah. So what, what is she... Who has to save the school? Who's saving it? Saving it from what? Maybe yourself. Saving it from itself and oh. the indoctrination it's doing with the uh, now the 1619 project. But who has to save it? What does she mean by that? Yeah, and look at the way she's phrasing the question. She's just piling up all this stuff to say, okay, you know what? I'm already loading, front-loading you with this stuff so you can just agree with it. Because everything she says, you know, they want to save it, right? You know, she, she keeps leading it down. It's like, it's like a, an attorney trying to, trying to lead the witness. Yeah, well, or a car salesman. Wait to hear his response. Go ahead, G. We'd like to know how you feel about charter schools. I will not, there will not be no federal dollars. I'm not Betsy DeVos, nor will my... Uh, my sector of education being anything like her in terms of her attitudes about public schools. No privately funded charter school would receive or private charter school receive a penny of federal money. None. Okay. So there you go. So all of you living in, um, as Paul described, some of these places where the public schools are a disaster, uh, you have no choice, according to Joe Biden. None. It doesn't matter if you have the ability to, the resources available. It doesn't matter. You have, you have no choice. He will get rid of all these places uh, if he can, so that you have no choice but to go to the government-run school closest to where you live. So, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a stunning statement to me. I mean, it'll get no attention, of course. He'll never be asked about it. This will be played really nowhere, maybe a couple places. Yeah, and meanwhile, him and his friends and his brother's kids and their friends and his cousin's kids, they all get to go to the nice choice school of their choice, wherever it may be, no matter how far away or how much it costs in the country, they're going to be there. Same, th same thing with the, with the Hollywood crowd and the, the uh, you know, millionaire, billionaire crowd. They all get to choose, but not you. No, 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 no. Yeah. You stay right there. We need you right there because we're not going to give you that opportunity. It's, right. like, it, it's, it's almost like what changes between 12th grade and your freshman year of college? What changed? You're still going to get to, uh, an education, right? When people sign up for school. What happens after you graduate high school? You, you make a choice. You choose which college you want to go to. <laughs> if you can 
afford something better and nicer, you go for it, right? If you can get in, you can go for it. If not, then maybe you stay home and you work a little bit on the side and you save money and, you know, you keep your grades up. You do a local, you know, community college or something like that so you can go and make a choice to go where you want to go. Well, how does that change from a teenager who's 15 to a teenager who's 18? Explain. Joe, it's on you, Joe. Explain. Well, yeah, he can't explain. Um, so that, I mean, that's one more time. G, play that. We'd like to know how you action. feel about charter schools. I will not. There will not be no federal dollars. I'm not Betsy DeVos, nor will my uh, my sector of education be anything like her in terms of her attitudes about public schools. No privately funded charter school would receive or private charter school receive a penny of federal money. None. I like when he says, uh, I'm not Betsy. Betsy DeVos, by the way, is a fierce um, support, not supporters, not the right word, but she defends and and, and champions the president's uh, policies as well as anybody in his cabinet has. And she's run into all kinds of opposition, by the way, from as many Republicans as she has any other place. So he's just clueless. God. Live from Studio 6B, just getting started on what's going to be a busy night. Glad you're in. Welcome back into Comcast Chicago, Channel 113. Glad you're in. Hope you're still here when we get back. (laughs) Three minutes. Hi, Mayor. Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer a Q&A with support? What will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Move it up here. You know, there used to be a basic part. Joe Biden possibly you know, reading his responses from a teleprompter. Social distancing and wearing masks, which I never do when I walk outside of this house. I never fail to do. Now, one day, on day one... Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A? It's trying to distract the American people. Can you say yes or no, Brett? Yes or no? You can't answer the question. You know, the rapidly rising... uh, um, uh, And with... uh, With, uh, I don't know... Live from Studio 6B. I never want to be on the wrong side of those guys. Oh, man, (laughs) they'll make me. (laughs) That's a good spot right there. His team is great. 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in on uh, Real America's Voice. Uh, Paul's here with the news. Rick uh, M. Rodney's going to have sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down. And, of course, we want to welcome in Comcast in Chicago that's uh, watching tonight for the first time. We're on now in Chicago, channel 113. As Real America's Voice continues to spread across the country. So welcome on in. I hope Mayor Lifewood's paying attention. Uh, <laughs> probably not. A uh, couple things I want to get to. But Paul wasn't here last night. He was watching his Islanders win in like 10 overtimes. Um, we ran it's a new a segment, Paul. today because of it. Yeah, we ran a new segment. And since this is our first night in Chicago, we should probably... Let's fire this up, G, because Paul didn't see it. So this is a brand new segment here on the show, Paul. 
Uh, a segment that I don't believe will be lacking for content, if you know what I mean. Is it uh, Paul Sucks? This one's called, Is This English? Roll it, G. Because <laughs> if you could take care, if you were a quartermaster, you can sure and help take care of running a, you know, a department store uh, thing, you know, where <laughs> in the second floor of the ladies' department or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question now for you, Paul, and the audience is: Is that English? Um, there are there are English words in it. Um, it's it's not uh, it's it wouldn't be construed as a as a as a sentence. Yeah. In, in any way, shape, or form. So but me, they were me, there were English words in there. As Rudy Giuliani said, <laughs> it is filling space. With words, that's what. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what. Maybe we should call the segment "Filling Space with Words." We that gotta would get be a good Giuliani. Too. We gotta like get that. Giuliani back on. Yes, but we gotta make sure we gotta send him a bottle of bourbon beforehand. Because <laughs> remember how he was started out really uh, he was, professional, and then yeah. he came back from commercial yeah. break, and he, he was, had something on the rocks. There. <laughs> he didn't have anything on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, no. He was fired up, though. Yeah. All right, let's do some news here with uh, since he's here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> let's do the news uh with uh mr nolan what's going on paul i, I work as many days as obama did <laughs> exactly you're on biden's schedule coming out of his basement by the way every time he comes out i just think well maybe we should just leave him in there in the padded room because he just i mean it's almost hard to watch when i show well most of you have seen it now but when I show you how he opened his speech to the latino voters yesterday in florida oh my goodness oh my god I mean, you can't be this lame. You can't. Yeah, he it's, can. It's Dude, the, auto- <laughs> the only thing missing was a sombrero and a bag of Taco Bell. <laughs> like, if he'd have walked out there, you know, with the chihuahua. phone going, you yeah, know, doing his merengue dance or whatever. Oh, I mean, my goodness. That should, been... He should be automatically disqualified. Yes. I don't care who introduced him, so by the way. So cringeworthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so <laughs> cringy. And then he's then he's all and he's looking around like yeah hey, good song right? <laughs> that's all. And there, but there's a couple things. Well, there's one specific thing about it that I'm going to point out when we play it here a little later, because there's a moment that no one's paying attention to, which when he first comes out, there's like I don't know, there's like must be three people in the room because you hear like all right, you like, have to play it. <laughs> all right, so let's just play it. G thirty nine. This is Joe Biden coming out yesterday at the Latinos. Um, <laughs> this is great. Whatever this speech is that he. Um, oh, there's, is there two thirty eights? Yes, that one. Here it is. Roll it. <laughs> Stop it. So how I many just... people? <laughs> how many people? That's sad smattering. <laughs> how many people could be there? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, and just don't be confused. The lights just went on and off. There was one old lady trying to use a clapper. Go back, go back to the beginning, G. One more time. So here, here we go. Let's just roll. Let's run from the beginning. If you can rewind it a little bit, so we can hear it from the beginning. All right, here we go. <laughs> I just have okay. one thing to say. You're going to the dog track. Hang on here. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be, I'd be 
elected president by acclamation. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I speak Jobonics. I can't. I speak Jobonics here. So what that meant was this is it's comical. Now, someone was posted on social media that the lyrics of that song were absolutely foul. So I I don't know them. So if someone has them. So, well, here's how here's how lame. First of all, that's so lame. Cringy. How they come to him with that idea and his staff says, yeah, it sounds good. (laughs) This is how lame his staff is. Because here's what's happened. Now, people, you know, we live in a world of of people who know how to edit. You know, hello, Joe Biden staff. Maybe they don't know this. (laughs) They have like uh, you can editing software. So people are taking this now and they're adding all kinds (laughs) of songs. I got three songs saying one of them was F the police. Yeah, and they got NWA, F the police (laughs) on one. They've got Trump songs, which are pretty funny, but... They just open themselves up. I mean, it's so la- how lame. I thought I saw one with two live crew as well. <laughs> which, you know, I'm sure there are. <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, you can't be that lame. You just yeah, can't. You can. And this is. And you know what? This is. This is the surprising part. And we talked about this before. This is the Hollywood. This is the Hollywood people. That could Think be about crazy all dense. the Hollywood people involved in Democratic politics, who they have access to, what kind of brain power they might have behind them, and this. <laughs> Look at the, listen to my Puerto Rican song. That's the best they can do. You know, honestly, that's insane. He was just proud of himself that he knew I'd hit the play button. Well, it on took his a little while. Phone. By the way, by the way, the funniest <laughs> part is when they introduce him and it takes him like 43 seconds to come out. <laughs> and, pe- and people are trying to excuse this because they say, oh, well, the guy who wrote the songs, the one who introduced him. So Joe was just giving him a little. No, no, no. If he if that you can't you can't do that. You can't do it when they come to you with that idea. Somebody's got to say, no, 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 no. That's not that. That's not <laughs> happening. I yeah, mean, it's I, just. Let's face it. He's at the point where he's going to wipe that phone clean, just like the uh, the special counsel lawyers Oof. that that Mueller was employing. He I mean, should that, have said, "What a story that is! That should be on every front yeah, page." Well, we'll do that story. But thinking now about Joe, and we've had other music problems with Joe. He should have had him play "You're, you're the Best." <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he went on the uh, that radio show and they asked him about it? Yep. And he was trying to be hip again. Yeah, I, I can't tell you what song. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what song gets you going, Joe? Before you go on stage? Uh, oh, yeah. it's that. I uh, listen to some hip hop. He said, "You know, I yeah. like that one." Uh, uh, you're the best. <laughs> I mean, oh, so lame. All right, let's do the news. We don't even have any time for news. Well, I got a quick hit. Uh, Jim Crane, I'm sure you guys played the clip last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jim if we could play it again, we, we get the break. But he apologized today. I wish I had the video of his apology. The apology was just like, I really want to save my job, so I'm sorry. The, pr- the president <laughs> tweeted to him and said, Jim. You have nothing to apologize for. <laughs> you said it because you know it's true. <laughs> You're right on the money. No reason to apologize. She is crazy. Oh, she is disgusting. Do you have that, G? We have it from yesterday, right? Cut 20? I've run it. We only have a couple seconds, but run it anyways. Maybe today? <laughs> no? Jim Cramer? You know, he's gotten in the way between you and I think Secretary Mnuchin. I mean, what deal can we have, uh, Crazy Nancy? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, that, that was the president. I, I, I have such reverence for the office. I would yeah, never. Sure, sure you do, Jim. <laughs> but you said it. Sure you do. But I love her response. But you said it. All right, live from Studio 6B. If you're on social media, stay with us. We're back in three minutes. That's fine. 
We're here this afternoon to change the course of history. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Together, these agreements will serve as the foundation for a comprehensive peace across the entire region, something which nobody thought was possible. For generations, the people of the Middle East have been held back by old conflicts, hostilities. These agreements prove that the nations of the region are breaking free from the failed approaches of the past. Today's signing sets history on a new course. Today, the world sees that they're choosing cooperation over conflict, friendship over enmity, prosperity over poverty, and hope over despair. They are choosing a future in which Arabs and Israelis, Muslims, Jews, and Christians can live together, pray together, and dream together, side by side in harmony, community, and peace. Once again, let me congratulate the people of Israel, the people of the United Arab Emirates, and the people of the Kingdom of Bahrain. God bless you all. This is an incredible day for the world. I live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night on Real America's Voice, Channel 219, Dish Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. And tonight, our debut night on Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113. Glad you're in. Uh, live from Studio 6B, weeknights, 8 to 10, right here on Real America's Voice. Paul's going to do the news. We've got lots of news to do it. Uh, and here he is now. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, some, uh, if you get a uh, clip 32 ready, G, um, AOC. Was <coughs> Are you nervous because we're on Chicago? <laughs> I've always wanted a dream day with Lori Lightfoot. So, okay. uh, <coughs> One more time. If I knew she was going to be tuning into that, I would have wore a tie. Yeah. Um, so uh, AOC said uh, former Vice President Joe Biden is not progressive enough in multiple policy areas and predicted that he'll likely he could be pushed further to the left once he's elected president. So we have a clip of her actually saying, you know, the stupidity. So, yeah, so she was, um, you know, with uh, John Stewart, right? Uh, no, this, no, 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 well, no, we no have, this was, John Stewart's a separate clip, but oh, we yeah, have right. our friends from Just the News tracked AOC down. Uh, I guess outside the Capitol, and uh, this is where some of this uh, got brought up. So roll that, G. So Senator Sanders seems concerned that Vice President Biden is not progressive Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. Do you share those concerns at this point in the uh, campaign? I mean, of course I do. Um, Stop it. All right, of course, because (laughs) number one, you couldn't be, I mean, if... um, if we brought back uh, Shea Guevara, they <laughs> she, it couldn't be. No one could be. Who could be progressive enough for her? Stalin. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No. So, um, but this has been the thing all along with Joe Biden. We know because, number one, we have eyes and ears. We can look at Joe Biden. We can hear Joe Biden. We can read, hopefully, as I've been telling you for months, to read the 110-page manifesto that he put out that i have right here in front of me that hopefully you downloaded that i linked to you can read it but this is exactly the the situation once he's elected it doesn't matter joe biden at that point is just a vessel for people like her and the squad <laughs> he's a pitch man kamala exactly He's just up there to pitch the bernie the bs deal that they're making behind the scenes to you in the most palatable way go ahead chief roll that people and clearly I uh, in the primary one of the reasons why I was supportive of Senator Sanders was because of how progressive his stances are Um, but 
you know, the primary's over. And right now, what is most important is to make sure that we ensure a Democratic victory in November and that we continue to push Vice President Biden um, on issues from marijuana to climate change to, um, to foreign policy and making sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in, in our future. What would be the main issue? You think it's climate where he needs to be more correct, progressive, or is there another one that you think is uh, at the top of the list? You know, I think overall, um, um, we can likely push Vice President Biden in a more progressive uh, direction across policy issues. I think foreign policy is an enormous area where we can improve. Immigration is another one. Uh, criminal justice. Is, is another area where, where we can pursue a lot of uh, progressive direction. You know, there are some areas where we just fundamentally disagree, but that's okay. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge that we can have, in some cases, very large disagreements. It doesn't mean that we're trying to undermine the party or undermine each other. It means that we're trying to do what's best for people in the country. Have there been a specific policy recommendation that you've given the vice president? Because I know you've been involved with the climate issue directly yes. with the campaign. Yes. So I've um, I've served on the climate unity task force uh, with Senator, uh, rather with Sec former Secretary of State John Kerry, um, that ultimately right. advised the Biden campaign. And I'm very happy to say that you know that the Biden team was very open, particularly on the issue on issues of climate to advancing and adapting their stances. Now, I think there are other areas that are gonna be trickier for to push them in a progressive direction. I think that, you know, they're, they're pretty stubborn on healthcare. <laughs> um, and we'll see what progress that we're able to make on issues like immigration and criminal justice reform. One perfect example is that I believe in the legalization of marijuana, not just decriminalization, but full legalization, regulation, et cetera. Um, but, you know, we will hash those out. Our main priority is to make sure that the vice president is successful and victorious in November so that we can have those kinds of conversations in the first place from a more effective um, stance with him in the White House. He wants a federally mandated public option. He wants to federally control the public option and have them run at the government. Do you agree with that in terms of health care, that, well, that direction? Well, you know, I'm a supporter of Medicare for all. One reason that I believe that a, one concern I'd say that I have with a public option is that it very easily allows insurance companies to just kind of off um, bump off their more expensive patients onto a public option, thus making and increasing the costs on a public option and kind of them keeping healthier um, people that require less insurance coverage for themselves. And so the whole purpose of insurance is to even out those costs, which is why I believe single payer is, uh, is a better uh, policy. So in terms of that, we do disagree, but either way, I do think that a, a public option is, is likely a better scenario than we have right now. You think you can convince Biden to do a single payer if he were to become that? President? It's not just about that would not just take me uh, to convince him or nor any one individual. We need a mass movement in this country. We need widespread popular support uh, for single payer in order to get a chance at getting it done. Yeah, she walks like a Clydesdale. You hear a lot of feet. Mm. So, um, you know, when you vote for Joe Biden, this is what you're voting for. So if you're if you're down with um, impoverishing yourself so that you can uh, save the uh, the planet. Uh, we talked yesterday about how being energy independent and some of the things we are that we couldn't even have imagined years ago that the president has brought. 
And one of them is our energy independence. They want to trash all of that and impoverish the nation to, to, to support their uh, goals of uh, rejoining the Paris Climate Accord or whatever. Scam. So you're going to have to um, really understand what you're voting for here when you vote for Joe Biden, who he really is. He is just a vessel for the radical left, for her, the rest of her squad, for Bernie Sanders. And it's going to be, as we've heard now two days in a row, it's going to be the Harris administration and the old guy who lost in the wheat field could come along if he wants to. Right. If he can find his way back to the house. Because nope. he, he right there is incapable of managing the presidency. He's incapable in every way, mentally, physically. It's the single most difficult job on earth. And the Democrats keep pushing him out there and this whole campaign's just a farce. And in the end, God forbid he was to get elected. He's not getting elected. She's getting elected. And the rest of them are getting elected. Because he has no idea what's going on. Yeah, they're just going to leave him. They're just going to bring him right back out to that field and leave him there. He'll never find his way home. Are you kidding me? He is an empty suit. And how anyone in the country thinks the country could unite around him and that and her and those ideas is beyond me. So, all right, what else in the uh, news, Paul? Uh, Judicial Watch, my ace in the hole, Tom Fitton, another patriot. He was on with, uh, to me, John Solomon, probably the best investigative journalist there is out there. Uh, He was on, and he said that he believes the pandemic of wipe phones among members of Robert Mueller's prosecution team deserve criminal investigation. He said, the, you know, the question is whether people purposely broke the law by destroying government records. And when you have people who wipe two or three phones, like Andrew Weissman did, I think two of the three phones had, were wiped just strange uh, credulity. Um, and he's insisting that uh, there's a, you know, an investigation of this, which I, I completely agree with. So, again, everyone out there, if you are, uh, you know, go to Judicial Watch and make a donation. And, gee, it's clip 36 if you guys want to watch this. It's really worth watching. Go ahead, G. If you got the 36, roll it. Newly released documents from the Department of Justice show that investigators with the Mueller Special Counsel wiped more than a dozen mobile phones before turning them over to the DOJ Inspector General. Now, just hold it for a second. Many just, think, just think about that. <clears throat> think about that. If you, maybe one. Oh, I, I, we had a mis- we had a mis- twelve a dozen. What's the explanation for a dozen? How is this not the lead story? This and the other story I'm going to get to about where Biden's donations are coming from, from our friend Raheem Kassam over at the National Post. How are these stories? Well, we know how. Why am I asking myself questions <laughs> I already know the damn answers to? Because the, the pre- media has no interest in any of these stories. Should we just all call them prostitutes from this point forward? Because this is what they are. It's they unbelievable. Go yeah, ahead, G. But we have to keep talking character- about these. Go ahead, G. As accidents allegedly occurred after the investigators entered incorrect passwords into their yeah. phones too many times. Sure, they did. A mistake which on some devices can automatically activate a data purge. Altogether, more than two dozen phones were cleared before being turned over to the IG's office. In addition to the allegedly mistaken data wipes, other devices had been cleared after being reassigned to different users within the federal government. The Mueller investigation, which sought to determine if the 2016 Trump campaign had colluded with Russia to steal that presidential election, ultimately produced no evidence that such collusion had occurred. This is Daniel Payne with Just the News. So, I mean, you know, stories like this, the average American just, uh, it should just infuriate you because as I said to you, 
just imagine being under investigation for something or or just imagine any scenario where you have to turn over and go and go to the police or to the fbi or and you try to do it and see what happens say well here's my phone but i you know i um i put one two three four in like 12 times i forgot my password was a monkey instead and uh it wiped the phone i thought it was one two three four and i just kept hitting it and right. uh, it yeah. wiped. So here you Crazy. go. But how did you get? How did you get in it earlier in the day, sir? I mean, yeah, right. at this point, right now, just let's go. We know the NSA based on the Shadowgate movie and the whistleblowers there. Why don't we just go to the NSA and get every bit of data from there? Because they collect every keystroke everybody makes on everything. Well, in situations like this, you almost wish that uh, <laughs> they did because these people get away with this. It's like Hillary Clinton. What do you mean wipe it with a cloth? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and we're, and we're all supposed to buy it. Right, bleach bitch. She didn't know what that was. Yeah. So, um, again, just it's just another story that I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but it's just amazing. It gets no attention. And the story that I have coming up from the National Post, Biden for President Committee has 51% unemployed donors compared to 2.7% for Trump. So wait till you hear this story. Figure this one out and tell, and tell me. Tell me how this is happening. He went and he became president. I didn't go and I'm still vice president. And, uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we, uh, we are in a position that we are. Think about it. Everybody has known from day one how smart, how bright Hillary is. Everybody knows how tough she is. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. uh, uh. So be successful. I sincerely hope some of you become millionaires and billionaires. I mean that. But engage. Um, You know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that uh, you know was totally different than a than the, the it's called he called it the you know. Live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, and of course tonight our debut night on Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113. Welcome on in. Glad you're uh, glad you're here. We hope you'll be here every night, 8 to 10. Well, we hope you're here all day, but most of you probably have things to do, so we hope you're here 8 to 10 every night, live from Studio 6B. 
Uh, let's do a little sports here. We'll do sports uh, as we do each and every night with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, the Big Ten has reversed its course, and we'll play college ball football Woo-hoo. after all. On um, Wednesday morning, the waiting finally ended after sources confirmed to Yahoo Sports that the Big Ten will return <laughs> to play in the fall of 2020. <laughs> what, well, what are you? Well, well, well. Why am I getting a well, well, well? Well, well, well. Because you owe me $10,000. And I don't take third-party post-dated out-of-state checks. No, no, no. I don't owe you nothing. What are you what talking do you mean? about? What are you talking about? I'm like 2-1 now. You're even on no. the college from the, from the Kamala Harris pick. We didn't bet on that, you scammer. That's <laughs> yeah. not what we did. What are you talking about? You're nuts. I'm not in on this. That, that's okay. Uh, play that's my okay, song. Jay, G, G, play the song here for Paul. You have it there? <laughs> what am I fighting now? This is Paul's theme song. I'm a nuts. I'm a nuts. I'm a nuts. Yes. I'm a nuts. Thank you. All right, we let's just, do some more sports. What else is going on, pal? We just made half our audiences night. They've been begging for I'm a nut on uh, social media all night. Yeah. Um, so uh, the league uh, is expected to start the season on October 24th. So fans of Ohio State and Illinois, we have Chicago watching in the house tonight, yeah. Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, yeah. they're Illinois all rejoicing. Football. Illinois football's been great. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right. And um, hockey playoffs, as you said, 10 overtimes, right? Big D last night. Yeah. But the New York Islanders won in double overtime last night to cut the lead to 3-2 to two for Tampa. Um, they, they won 2-1. to one in. Uh, it was an unbelievable game. Um, at 12.30 of the second overtime, Anders Lee coming down on a 2-on-1, fed Jordan Eberle for a one-time snapshot over Andre Vasilevsky's glove. And it was in the net, and Islander fans rejoice. And Simeon Varlamov did a slide like Pete Rose in the mid seventies okay. after they won into the yeah, crowd. So uh, I just want everybody in the show to know: stay tuned, top of the hour. I have breaking news for you. Okay. Ooh. I have big breaking news for you here at the top of the hour. We'll do right at nine o'clock. So okay. um, this is know, around and make sure you share for us, right? I'll, I'll tease it to you now. This is breaking news. We're going to break at nine o'clock. And uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. So hold on for 10 more minutes, and then you'll see what it is. Go ahead, Rick. Okay, Big D. So the Islanders have game six tomorrow night at 8 p.m. against the Tampa Lightning in Edmonton. Paul Nolan will be tuning in. And the Dallas Stars <laughs> are waiting for the winner. Um, my playoff and, beard, I'm hoping it gets a little bit longer. Yeah, that Great. beard looks An- good, Paul. Another night off for Paul. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Okay. Um, and NBA Eastern Conference Finals, game one of the best of seven last night. 117-114. Miami Heat over the Boston Celtics in overtime. Incredible game. Uh, Jason Tatum from Boston led all scorers with 30. However, Goran Dragic had 29 points for the uh, Miami Miami Heat, which took the first game. And Western's Conference Finals, we thought we'd have a thriller, but no. Game 7, Denver Nuggets had defeated the L.A. Clippers, who were favored to face the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Incredible game. Um, led by uh, De- Denver guard Jamal Murray. He had 40 points. So we got a uh, L.A. Lakers, Denver Nuggets. And uh, I think our, uh, our home studio is in Denver, too. So they maybe I well, they're probably not watching NBA. But anyway. That'll, uh, that, that game series will start Friday night and uh, game two with the Celtics tomorrow night with Miami Heat. Yeah, and the, Cl- and the Clippers coughed up a 3-1 lead. Oh, yeah, just, no. just choke. Yeah. Well, Doc oh. Rivers now has plenty of time to go figure out all the systemic problems with the police and in the country and all this other stuff that he's told us about in all of his press conferences. So now he doesn't have any more press conferences to do because his team is a bunch of losers and they lost. So now Doc's got all this time on his hands and he can go 
uh, figure out how to fix all of these systemic problems in the country. And I'm sure he'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Sure, we'll see him out there um, doing a lot of events, doing a lot of speeches, town halls, wants to hear your voices. I'm sure you'll see a lot of that in the off season. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, you'll probably just see him on the golf course. Next time you'll see him talking about this will be game one of next season. Right. And that's when he'll talk about it again. Anything else, Rick? Yeah, one more big D, and this one's for you. West Texas Fair and Rodeo, Abilene, Texas, September 11th to the 19th. I got it. Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association results (laughs) just in, big D. All right, very good. Bareback riding leader, Will Martin, 82 points on Butler and Sun Radio's Fearless. Steer wrestling, first round. We got a tie. Uh, Kate Goodman and Heath Thomas, four seconds. Steer wrestling. Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking for more like the tie-down tie down roping. Okay, tie-down roping. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ms. All right, Mesquite Mahaffey, 8.9 seconds. Woo! Barrel racing leader, Jesse Telford, 17 seconds. And steer roping, first round, Cole Patterson, 10.2 seconds for 1,215 <laughs> big ones is that good i don't think eight yeah i don't think 8.9 is exactly setting the world ablaze i think uh but yeah. i mean maybe 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 i'm wrong i would jump out of an airplane without a parachute before i get on the back of a bull <laughs> no, <laughs> no this is about- this is tied on roping this right. is actually roping from a horse and yeah tying them up blah, 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 blah. i'm not doing that either yeah you what, get what, the calf you, you know on the boat i try to hit the poles when you're driving <laughs> you, that's hard you, lassoing stuff is not easy these boys are all american all the time come on they are cowboys good. yep and that's a wrap in sports for the first segment, Big D. <clears throat> All right. Thanks, pal. Uh, we'll do some more sports. Rick, any, anything else in the news before I get to our breaking news at the top of the hour, Paul? Yeah, I got a quick hit here. The Chinese firm that collects data on millions across the globe, Washington, has banned the uh, tech giant Huawei. Uh, and it took effect on Tuesday. Um, they have uh, the Chinese tech company with close ties to the communist regime is collecting data of nearly 2.4 million people around the world, including uh, between 50 and 100,000 People in America and possibly up to a million now, they're saying, as the investigation increases. So, Huawei uh, is uh, Huawei, Huawei, right? Is that how you pronounce Wa- it? Huawei. Huawei, yeah. yeah they're, they're done. Well, between Huawei and TikTok. I know. Um, well, the, the bid for TikTok has just been awarded to Oracle, and Oracle. Trump says he's not ready to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. So, it looks like it's, uh, I, I don't know when the date that's supposed to be banned, but it's got to be coming. Coming up soon, I think at the end of the month. I think September 29th, uh, I remember hearing a date. Oh, that's the possibly. day. That, that's the first debate. Oh, is that the first debate? Okay. That's I could be getting day, the dates confused. That's the day after Joe Biden comes down with COVID, so right. he won't be there on the 29th, I think, is probably how it's going to go. Hey, speaking of Joe maybe Biden, not. guess what? Somebody sent in those lyrics that you asked for, Paul. Yeah, no, I heard. Billy the Kid <clears throat> okay. on Twitter. You want to hear? You want to hear? I, I don't no. know if this was the, the spot. <laughs> That no, he played? I have, I have absolutely no interest in hearing the lyrics from Despacito. None. Let me just read you two lines. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Listen to this. This is perfect because it fits Biden. Okay. It says, slowly, I want to breathe your neck slowly. <laughs> Come on. Let me tell you things in your ears so that you remember when you're not with me. Ew. All right, Gene. Get, and then get we the, blow up your nostrils. Let, let's hear it one more time as we bed. go up here. Play it here. That uh, that clip, partner. Uh, whatever it is, I gave you thirty-eight there. If you have it, no, yes. Fire it up. G's a little slow on the draw tonight. Go ahead, G. Play it. Must be some good hack he's got in there. Good medical. I just have one thing to say. What's that, Joe? Hang on here. Hang on here. <laughs> 
All right. What a dope. So there you go. What a jackass. He, he thought it was a Goya commercial. He can't be. Live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul's here with news. Rick's going to do some more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Franz here. We've done a lot of news here in the first hour. Welcome on in Comcast in um, Chicago. Our debut night on Comcast, Real America's Voice, Channel 113. Lock it in every day. All right, so we have breaking news from um, Just the News and our friend John Solomon, the great John Solomon. Uh, The article is Treasury flagged foreign money flowing to Hunter Biden tied firms as suspicious. The Treasury flagged foreign money flowing to Hunter Biden tied firm as suspicious. Senate panel investigating whether law enforcement, U.S. intel turned a blind eye Two concerns. Here is Mr. Solomon himself. Roll it, G. All right. When the impeachment proceedings began last year, we learned, at least from the Democrats, that uh, they thought everything about Hunter Biden was a conspiracy theory. Nothing wrong. Nothing happened after he joined the corrupt company known as Burisma Holdings, and therefore it was wrong of people to raise questions about the Bidens. That was the message Democrats gave us during impeachment. Since that time, lots of facts have come out to raise the questions about what Hunter Biden was up to and who he's affiliated with and where he was getting his money. The newest revelation could come out as early as next week. It reveals that the Treasury Department, the U.S. Treasury Department, had concerns that foreign funds flowing into Hunter Biden's various businesses, businesses and firms and investment firms connected to him, uh, appeared to be suspicious. These are reports known as suspicious activity reports. Uh, They are a red flag. They normally are a reason to begin an investigation of someone. But what we're learning right now is that after these reports came in, it doesn't appear that the FBI, the Treasury Department, the intelligence community did anything to investigate it. More to come on this in the following days. How unbelievable is this? Corrupt, corrupt, dirty, dirty uh, DOJ. Here's here's the first thing I think of, and, and I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but do you remember when the list came out of the people who were unmasking? Yeah, the Treasury. Yeah. There was all kinds of Treasury names on there. And at the time, we were like, why? And I don't know that there's any connection, but so what was going on here at the Treasury Department? Mr. Solomon put out an article as well with that video. Uh, Treasury Department agency, the police's financial threats, such as money laundering, flagged several foreign transactions to Hunter Biden connected businesses as suspicious during the end of the Obama administration and the beginning of the Trump administration. And here you have the vice president, Joe Biden, who now wants to be the president, who was in the Oval Office on the 5th when they had that meeting where he said, go after Flynn with the um, go after Flynn with the uh, Logan Act, the Logan Act. Thank you. That's never, ever really been used or prosecuted. He um, we know he was one of the last people to unmask, I believe, on January 11th. This is the man who's running for president, who won't get any questions, who won't let us see the documents at UPenn, who won't let us see any of this stuff. And now here he is smack dab in the middle of another 
another uh, issue. The concerns from the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network concerns were highlighted in suspicious activity reports turned over to Senate committees over the last year in conjunction with investigations into the Russia and Ukraine scandals, according to several officials familiar with the evidence. As those Senate investigations wind towards the issuance of their first official report later this month, an essential question has emerged. Did U.S. law enforcement or intelligence agencies do anything to determine if the money flowing to Vice President Joe Biden's son posed any criminal or intelligence threats? Officials at Treasury, FBI, and the Office of Director of National Intelligence declined comment to Just the News. Senate Democrats first called attention to the existence of the SARS, S-A-R-S, in a little-noticed letter late last year and are now bracing for the flagged financial transactions to be a major revelation in a joint report they expect to be published by the GOP-led Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the Senate Finance Committees as early as next week's. Next week, uh, quote, the Republicans have had this in their back pocket for some time to make headlines as the election drew closer. One Democratic source told Just the News, a lawyer for Hunter Biden did not return a call requesting for comment. A spokesman for the two Senate committees also declined comment. The SARS report, S-A-R-S reports, were requested as Senate investigators dug into a labyrinth of, of global businesses that Hunter Biden and his business partners became involved with in Russia, China, Ukraine, and elsewhere, as his father, Joe Biden, served as the vice president and the Obama administration's foreign policy point person. That includes Hunter Biden's controversial addition in the spring of 2014 to the board of uh, Burisma Holdings, a Ukrainian gas firm with a long record of corruption allegations. SARS are one of the law enforcement community's most powerful and secretive tools in the war against money laundering, drug cartels, and terrorist threats, providing real-time warnings from financial institutions uh, to, to FinCEN, F-I-N-C-E-N, that certain transactions have characteristics that make them suspicious. The origin, size, and routing channels are just some of the components that can lead to a transaction being flagged. Uh, Treasury typically receives or generates 1 million to 2 million suspicious activity reports a year. So a suspicious activity report, SARS report, uh, in and of itself is not evidence of wrongdoing, but usually a starting point for investigation, experts say. The question that remains is whether the FBI or, or uh, the Office of DNI did anything to investigate the suspicious reports after they were alerted. The American, uh, the American suspicious transaction reports turned over to the Senate committees are the second known instance of red flags raised about foreign money flowing into business firms associated with Hunter Biden. In February 2016, um, the, the uh, what is it, Lat- Latvian? Latvian government Latvian. sent a warning. What is it? Latvian, you got it. Yeah, Latvian government sent a warning to Ukrainian prosecutors that several payments from Burisma to an account in New York controlled by Hunter Biden's Rosemont uh, Seneca firm appeared suspicious, according to a copy of the letter obtained by Just the News. Uh, the Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity is currently investigating suspicious activity of Burisma Holdings Limited. The agency, also known as the FIU, wrote Ukraine's financial authorities. 
The memo was confirmed earlier this year by the Latvian embassy to the United States. The Latvian law enforcement memo identified a series of loan payments totaling about $16.6 million that were routed from companies in Belize and the United Kingdom to Burisma through Ukraine's private bank between 2012 and 2015. The flagged funds were partially transferred to Hunter Biden a board member at Burisma since May 2014, and three other officials working for the Ukrainian National Gas Company, the memo said. The letter asked Ukrainian officials for any evidence about whether the funds were involved in corruption and whether Ukrainian officials were investigating Burisma and the receipts of the money. Quote, on the grounds of possible legalization of proceeds derived from criminal activity and corruption, please grant us permission to share the information, including in the reply to this request with Latvian law enforcement entities for intelligence purposes only, the letter said. Uh, Latvian authorities said they did not get any incriminating information back from Ukraine to warrant further investigation, did not take additional action in 2016. Hunter Biden's globe-trotting business activities have long generated controversy because they often occurred in the shadows of his father's foreign policy portfolio. Hunter Biden, for instance, traveled aboard Air Force Two in December of 2013 with the vice president to Beijing, walking away soon after with a stake in an investment fund that received funding from the state-owned Bank of China. As his father's administration, too, uh, several actions favorable to Beijing— such as opening U.S. capital markets to Chinese companies, hot, uh, Hunter Biden closed deals in China. One of those involved the sale of an iconic American auto parts manufacturer called Hennigus in Michigan, which Hunter Biden's firm helped the Chinese military aircraft maker acquire a controlling stake in 2015. The transaction was approved by the Obama administration, despite the fact that the Chinese firm had been sanctioned five prior times by the U.S. government for nefarious activity in less than 15 months after one of the Chinese firm's subsidiaries was placed on a blacklist by the U.S. government for ties to the Chinese military. Similarly, Hunter Biden was added to the Burisma board in May 2014, just weeks after his father implored Ukraine to expand its natural gas production. Burisma faced multiple corruption investigations, and State Department memos show the U.S. government reported just months after Hunter Biden joined the board that Burisma actually had made a $7 million bribe to Ukrainian (laughs) prosecutors designed to make the corruption allegations go away. State officials also testified during last year's impeachment proceedings that the Bidens created the appearance of a conflict of interest that undercut Joe Biden's efforts to stamp out corruption in Ukraine. FBI officials obtained records in an unrelated investigation showing Burisma paid more than $3 million from foreign accounts to a New York investment account tied to Hunter Biden. Senate investigators have also spent some time investigating real estate investments that Hunter Biden and his business partner, Devin Archer, were involved after learning about evidence that some received large support from a Russian oligarch and philanthropist based in London named Yelena Baterina, Russia's only female billionaire and the wife of late Moscow Mayor Yuri uh, Luzgov, I think it's pronounced. Board minutes obtained by the FBI in an unrelated 2017-18 investigation of Archer state that uh, a state that Archer told investors during a 2004 meeting that he had secured upwards of 200 million dollars 
uh, from Batarina's real estate businesses in London. Mr. Archer, quote, Mr. Archer further discussed the possible sale of his company and the revenues that might be realized when he said what he said, which he said would be a big liquidity event for him, as well as his connections, um, which he said is sponsored by major banks and institutional investors in China. He also discussed his client relationship with Yelena Baturina, who he said had invested over $200 million in various investment funds. Uh, Mr. Archer emphasized that he had ample funding, but that the investors wanted to be efficient, the memo read. You can read those board minutes here. Baturina's office in London did not respond to an email request for comment, nor did the lawyers for Hunter Biden or Archer. Remember we did that story about the uh, oligarch in Ohio who was busted? He was a financial services guy. Can't remember his name, but I just want that. It's all tied together and... You know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the mainstream media, if it doesn't report on this, now we officially know they're prostitutes and corrupt. Well, well I think that's why uh, Mitt Romney was coming out today. There's a story about him coming out saying, you know, this uh, this this uh, investigation into Hunter Biden's role with uh, Burisma is just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not legitimate. It's just there to damage Joe Biden. So... We know well, they're barking up the right tree, and that this is getting a lot of people yeah. nervous. <laughs> that probably yep. means he's involved somehow. Yeah, exactly. Old Mitt. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, this is unbelievable. I mean, again, I don't know how it all ties together, well, I'm, and I'm sure Mr. Solomon will get to the bottom of it. And I hope they have dates as to how far back this thing triggered that report. You know what I mean? To see, you see what year this actually all started. Who knew what, when, and what did they do about it? ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with support. What will your administration do to help them give them that chance? Move it up here. You know, there used to be a basic bargain. Joe Biden possibly, you know, reading his responses from a teleprompter. Social distancing and wearing masks, which I never do when I walk outside of this house. I never fail to do. Now, one day, on day one. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A? It's trying to distract the American people. Can you say yes or no, Brett? Yes or no? You can't answer the question. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. Tonight, first night, debut night in Chicago, Comcast. In Chicago, Channel 113. 113, glad you're in. We just um, talked about John um, Solomon's breaking story on Just the News. Treasury flagged foreign money flowing to Hunter Biden tied firms as suspicious. The question, of course, is... It looks as if, at least right now, they didn't really have too much interest in looking into it. 
And we'll see what continues to come out on this story. We'll follow it in the next uh, few weeks. So, um, but Mr. Solomon is, I mean, come on, the best. He'll get to it. Legitimate journalist, yeah. which I call a patriot. It's scary nowadays, right? Real journalists are patriots. And, I mean, not many of them. Left. That's the problem. There's, there's not left. many of them. Speaking of, uh, before we get to the news, here, here's, here's an example of why people um, hate the media and why Mr. Solomon is correct that we need to rethink what goes on in the briefing room because it's just a joke. And here's the joke of the day today. 33, G. Here's Caitlin Collins from uh, CNN to uh, in the press briefing today. Roll that. Yes. You have two questions. You said that the president was talking about wearing a mask improperly last night, touching it, referring to what Dr. Fauci has said. But he said, quote, there are people that don't think masks are good. That's clearly not what the CDC director thinks, since he said today that masks are an important, powerful public health tool we have. They could be even more protective against COVID than a vaccine. So have any medical experts told the president that masks aren't good, or is he only citing non-medical experts like he did last night? He's referring to the fact that when used appropriately, um, they can have unintended consequences, much like what Dr. Fauci said. Um, It's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is, and oftentimes there are unintended consequences. So the president agrees with Dr. Fauci that uh, mask wearing is good. It's recommended. The president's continually recommended it from this podium, but he was just pointing out some of the unintended consequences if not used appropriately he didn't say that he just said there are people no, who he think didn't. Go on. do you have his whole exchange would you like to read it out there, i mean i watched it last night there was a man talked about don't think masks are good he didn't say improperly or anything Caitlin, like that he went on in a very unfortunately a bunch of you are very keen on doing selective editing of the president's quotes and not referring to the second half directly under that statement he talked about a waiter touching the mask then touching a plate and that being an unintended effect of wearing a mask that is an example of a mask not being yeah, used appropriately don't think masks are good and he, he described he describes the exact scenario in which a mask could have an unintended consequence <laughs> if not used appropriately and we can send you the clip we'll put it up on twitter no, for you it's okay um i just wanted to see if there's any medical experts who have said that um and they have and i just read dr fauci's quote so go ahead yes i read dr fauci's quote but but i just wish at one point they could just start cursing at her so here's what just be great if they lost their cool in there so here's what's um funny number one maybe caitlin collins didn't see dr fauci when he was on 60 minutes overtime which we've played i don't know at least 10 times (laughs) when he was asked about wearing a mask back in march and he said, no, 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 you know, he said, when you see, see these other countries of all these people wearing masks all the time, we don't really need to be doing that. So, again, it's like, you know, follow the science with one half of your brain. Don't follow the science with the other half of your brain. Fauci says in March, masks aren't good. I can remember the attorney general also talking about masks who should not be wearing masks. They, they actually may, may, may help you get the damn thing. And then, of course, the, in the same breath, all, all, the, all those... Uh, all the climate change about the uh, about um, you know breathing. What, what do you think you're breathing in, by the way, when you're wearing a mask? Just just curious. Think about that. But here's the thing about Caitlin Collins. Go to 34G. She's very worried about masks. She's very worried about um, the president when the cameras are on. Here's Caitlin Collins when the cameras went off. Put that full screen and roll it. <laughs> She's wearing the purple in the front row. Here she is. Now for this thing. Oh, what's oh, oh, Jesus! I mean, there's people still in the room. Ooh. Look at this. Oh, yeah, she I'm walked right past somebody. Reckless. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so she's very concerned, very concerned about making sure the president doesn't believe in masks 
And uh, oh, let me just get rid of this thing again. No one's watching now. The cameras are off. I don't not. It's not showtime anymore. So that's just just a bunch of phonies. They're just so phony, all of them. Whatever the shiny object of the day is, is what they'll try to do. Just a <laughs> bunch of phonies. So, all right, let's do some more news with Paul Nolan. What's going on? All right, so uh, John Stewart, former host of The Daily Show, uh, told Just the News that more veterans who were exposed to the harmful toxins uh, during the military service are more vulnerable uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and Congress should take action. And we have a clip from the uh, good people over at Just the News. President Trump, he's focused a lot on reforming the VA. He talks about it a lot on the campaign trail. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as an opportunity to get this legislation passed and convince him uh, to support it? Uh, 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 The idea that you have to convince anybody to support this, it's, it's just on its face. We had a contractor who went in KBR to save money, even though they were paid $40 billion, and they put all of our veterans at risk through unsafe practices that are illegal in the United States. So we poisoned them, and then they came home, and once they got sick, we denied them. So it doesn't matter who's there, who's not there, who's in conversation. This has to be done, and it's going to get done. Do you see the upcoming election as as something that could uh, get in the way? of the momentum behind this bill. Of getting well, look, everybody done. is focused on a lot of really terrible issues right now. Unfortunately, a respiratory pandemic is not the best news for veterans who are suffering pulmonary injury through toxic exposure. This makes them more vulnerable. So all we can do is fight as hard as we can to keep this thing in view while we understand that there's an awful lot of other things going on there our job is to make sure that this stays in view there's a lot of noise as you pointed out so many different things in the political news arena what's the most convincing piece of evidence you would give the average american who's not too familiar with this issue with burn pits what would you say is the most convincing one to get them to support it the general public i would say it's the va's own uh, uh, air quality report which they buried, which shows the level of cancerous causing toxins at 300% uh, levels, but also just the comments. Look, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I'm also not a idiot. Like, you can't dig an acre hole or 10 acre hole, put tox- the smoking gun in this case is literally smoking guns. They burned weaponry with jet fuel. And our soldiers inhaled it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I don't know what else you need to see. I also wanted to ask you about, I covered an event recently with Michael Moore. You've gotten behind Biden. Are you concerned the race is tightening right now? What do you think Biden I'm needs to do? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about our veterans and these burn pits and what has to be done for it. And that's all That's all I can do. Senator Gillibrand said she talked to Biden at the 9-11 uh, memorial event and that he is supportive of it and thinks it can get passed. Do you see an opportunity with Biden? Uh, would you be meeting with him and discussing this? Again, we'll meet with everybody. We'll, uh, again, it shouldn't come down to this guy might support it and this guy might. They should all support it because it's what's right. And that's, and that's what we're just going to keep fighting for. Yeah. So, um, you know, say what you will about Jon Stewart, but at least he's trying to use his voice and his uh, situation to 
promote something that's uh, he believes in. You know, we, we've talked about all these sports figures and celebrities, how they could be using their um, positions. And all they do is to advance things, to tell us how systemically racist the country is. this afternoon to change the course of history. After decades of division and conflict, we mark the dawn of a new Middle East. Together, these agreements will serve as the foundation for a comprehensive peace across the entire region, something which nobody thought was possible. For generations, the people of the Middle East have been held back by old conflicts, hostilities. These agreements prove that the nations of the region are breaking free from the failed approaches of the past. Today's signing sets history on a new course. Today, the world sees that they're choosing cooperation over conflict, friendship over enmity, prosperity over poverty, and hope over despair. They are choosing a future in which Arabs and Israelis, Muslims, Jews, and Christians can live together, pray together, and dream together, side by side in harmony, community, and peace. Once again, let me congratulate the people of Israel, the people of the United Arab Emirates, and the people of the Kingdom of Bahrain. God bless you all. This is an incredible day for the world. Yes, it was. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. And of course, tonight, our debut night in Chicago, Comcast 113. Glad you're in. Hope you're here every night, 8 to 10. Check out America's uh, Real... See, there you go. Check out Real America's Voice each and every day. There's great stuff all day long. A couple things I want to get to before I get to uh, the National Pulse and this article about Biden's um, donations and where they're coming from. Uh, Because, Paul... Well, we we didn't do Crazy Town yet. Let's do 115, G. Uh, This is a crazy town. And, you know, when you go places as the president or as a candidate, you know, how you arrive is uh, a big deal. So um, this is the topic here. Joe Biden flew to Florida, and here (laughs) is how he decided to arrive. Roll it. Now just who was <laughs> So now let me let me just um fire, get ready to fire that up again G. Who in the blue hell is he waving to? <laughs> Can anyone tell me? <laughs> who is he waving to? Uh he was waving at the suburban? He was waving to the wheat field? To the guy's back of that guy's neck. Roll that one more time and you guys tell me who he's waving to. Go ahead. Now look at this. <laughs> First the point, too. Like, hey, hey, Johnny. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> Who's he waving to? He's waving to that guy's now look back. Now look as the camera pans to the left as he walks. Who's over there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's some actor. 
He's a real, th- he's a triple threat. He can sing too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's just so used to, you know, that's what politicians do. He's been there for so, I think it just happens. I don't think he tried to do it. His body just did it. And he had no choice but to just, you know, follow along. He's he's in the meat suit. He's might as well, okay, wave. Yeah. Just wave. And it doesn't matter if anybody was waving back. But but I think his body just does it at this point. Well, since Paul wasn't here last night, <laughs> G, uh, 114. And since uh, we're first night here in uh, Chicago, let's. I, I don't know if Paul knows this. Paul, I went back and watched all of the week one NFL games afterwards. And I found a highlight that I missed. I don't know. You might have missed this too. <laughs> Uh, 114, <laughs> Jake. Uh, roll that. Come on, Joe. Oh, there's President Xi. Look out! Oh. <laughs> oh, get him across the. There we go. They're all trying oh, to get Joe across the finish line. <laughs> there we go. Ah, we had to get Joe across the finish line. There, hey, so. hey, do you still have that uh, the uh, line of people that that welcomed him? The the, the Trump supporters welcoming Joe. Biden yeah. arriving in Florida. Yeah, yeah. twenty four G. So <laughs> this is when he got off the plane. He got in his car and he was driving to the event. And here's what he saw. Put that full screen. <laughs> Here, Joe, welcome to Florida. Just picture him muttering in the backseat of that limousine. <laughs> he's not awake in the backseat of the yeah. limousine. He's sleeping. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's probably waving back on, they like me. They really like me. <laughs> they misspelled my name. Everywhere he goes, he sees more Trump supporters than he sees him. That's why I saw someone on social media saying anytime he waves, it's to a tr- a Trump supporters. And I, I keep... I keep, I'm sorry, Paul. I keep seeing people on our social media talk about the guy we brought your, we brought your attention to. Some of you, some of you already knew him, but um, Paint the Trump is his is his uh, YouTube page. Oh man, he's out there every single day. Go to YouTube. I encourage you to search Paint the Trump and watch this guy and watch the flag waving they do down in Florida every day. It's amazing. Number one, he's great on camera. He's a great talker. And um, the, they just they just got they got people who drive up to him and he yells triggered to them. <laughs> it's just great. It's so good. Uh, so check funny. that out as well. All right. So let's I want to get to this because I saw Raheem Kassam today at three o'clock as I watch every day on America's voice on real America's voice now. At 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, he has, um, he's the editor-in-chief of the National Pulse, and that's a, the name of his show as well, 3 o'clock, the National Pulse. They have a report out, an article on there that says, Biden for President Committee has 51% unemployment donors compared to 27 for Trump. What does that mean, Damon? Here's what it means. Act Blue is undeniably, he says, the cash cow of the progressive movement, boasting over $6 billion, B with a B, billion, dollars raised for uh, favored candidates since 2004 the organization funneled more than 1.5 billion to leftist candidates in 2018 alone and has moved almost 900 million to assist progressives thus far in 19 and 20 most of these contributions according to act blue come through gift cards of a hundred dollars or less that's a lot of donations he says the organization has leveraged its powerhouse presence to negotiate a special relationship with banks so that it does not have to reveal 
donor names when processing its gift cards. It's normally required for virtually all online transactions. Uh, some people have long suspected this allows Act Blue or a mega donor to easily break large donations down into smaller gifts to avoid campaign finance laws and um, FEC scrutiny. Once an individual donor or third-party organization has given $200 or more to a candidate, for instance, their information is supposed to be added to the public FEC database for the sake of transparency. ActBlue's structure could easily allow illegal donations made online to be broken down into smaller gifts from claimed U.S. sources with little chance of exposure. ActBlue's design would allow large donors to exceed contribution limits uh, even without triggering the threshold for public reporting. Um, so, so now there's a link to a, to another article. He says forensic analysis conducted by the uh, Amistad project in cooperation with take back our Republic reveals that 4.7 million of the 9.7 million that act blue donors are reported to be unemployed. Let me read that to you again. <laughs> Forensic analysis conducted by the Armistead Project in cooperation with Take Back Our Republic reveals that 4.7 million of the 9.7 million Act Blue donors, that means the people, 4.7 million of the people of the 9.7 million who have donated are reported to be unemployed. That's a whopping 48.4% of all the donations in 1920 to the Biden uh, in comparison, analysis of the Republican counterpart to Act Blue, Win Red, reports that 4.1% of its donors were unemployed, a figure that roughly matches the national unemployment rate during that time period. Analysis reveals similar disparities exist between funding sources for the Democratic National Committee and the Republican National Committee, potentially reflecting the impact of Act Blue's contributions. The DNC reports 40.6% of its donors are unemployed and the rnc only six percent while the biden for president committee reports 51 percent of its donors are unemployed compared to 2.7 percent of trump's donors this raises the questions that must be answered when take back our republic first pointed out in 2015 that ford interest could potentially use gift cards to flood money in through act blues unverified credit card system more than 100 members of congress stopped using the system and 31 democrats joined 52 republicans in trying to outlaw the practice uh, it took vendors only a few hours to change their setup to allow the banks to verify if donations were really from americans unfortunately as things turned harshly partisan after trump's election act blue doubled down and moved more and more candidates onto this unverified system. ActBlue claims it, was it has convinced millions of unemployed persons to donate to progressive candidates under a structure that allows the organization to escape scrutiny. Perhaps it's time to take a closer look. That's exactly what we are doing through Got Freedom, a coalition of organizations committed to preserving our First Amendment freedoms and the integrity of the electoral process. Something about ActBlue's finances smells awfully rotten and the american public shouldn't settle for simply holding its nose we all deserve answers to ensure safe and fair elections in america and this is written by phil klein is the actual article written and it's in real clear politics and then uh raheem actually wrote the opening there and, and posted it on his site as well so i mean just think about this 51 percent of the people who donated to biden's campaign they're donating money but they're unemployed does right. that hello 
Now, this no. is not the same group that when you donate money to BLM, it goes to Act Blue's website. Yes. So, I mean, there's nothing surprising now, now anymore. Now, my question is, uh, you, you mentioned a group there at the end that I, I can't recall the name of. Um, but what kind of power does that group have? I mean, shouldn't this be something where, you know, the, the, the FBI, the Treasury, somebody, somebody like that with actual, you know, let's hold their, let, let's arrest some people power to kind of dig through and do some forensic accounting and really pull it apart from the inside? Well, I've asked um, to see if Raheem can come on next week, and so maybe we can get these answers for him because, well, he's on on top of all of this. But man, that just seems that just seems unbelievable. Do you 51%. know that that, uh, that BLM uh, video that you know it showed that when you go to BLM, donate the money, and then the people uncover that it goes to the Act Blue website that it shows where the money. Facebook, I believe, uh, started labeling that as partially false news and putting that weird label over it it's comical how much they can direct the narrative well that's i mean again this is one of those stories that you say to yourself how is everybody not looking at this story because it just seems like uh such a huge thing but um yeah because when you're unemployed you don't have money and the money that you do have you kind of want to hold on to it because you're you know kind of unemployed well yeah i mean that that would be the basic thinking here right if you're if you're unemployed, it's amazing that 52 percent uh, have found a way to be able to donate, however much. Yeah, and it's amazing they're all using gift cards. Like they had a big birthday party, they just saved all their gift cards from all their birthdays, and now they're just going to donate it to the DNC. Yeah, and just astronomical numbers in hundred dollar increments. It's crazy. All right, uh, live from Studio 6B, glad you're in. Again, welcome in on Comcast and Chicago Channel 113. Glad you're in as well. Make sure you like us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, at LFS6B. Make sure you like the Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, live from Studio 6B show, uh, Instagram as well. Follow us all, social media. Uh, We're here every night, 8 to 10. Glad you're in. We'll do some more sports, a little more social media. We'll wrap it up here for a Wednesday night. Crazy He went, he became president. I didn't go, and I'm still vice president. And uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we we are in a position that we are... Think about it. Everybody has known from day one how smart, how bright Hillary is. Everybody knows how tough she is. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, so be successful. I sincerely hope some of you become millionaires and billionaires. I mean that. But engage. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a, then the, the it's called he called it the you know
live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you've been with us. Talked about the John Solomon story at the top of the hour. We'll be following that as well. Lots of good news tonight. Uh, good crazy town. Paul got to see Is This English? What'd you think of that? That was funny. The music was great. The music was spot on. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do some sports here. <laughs> here we go. Uh, all right. With, uh, with Poor Rick, Rick. Rick. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Well, some breaking news earlier today. Um, Larry Brown Sports and Yard Barker reported Jeff Goodman has stated that Division One Council has approved November 25th as the start date for the 2021 college basketball season. That's slightly later than usual, but not significantly so. Um, what was said is what we don't really know is what the season will look like. There have been hints that the NCAA is looking into a bubble environment, but for what exactly, we don't know. Um, the important part is that college basketball is more or less on course and is less, and about two months away. Okay. Uh, I will say one thing about the NFL. I read that there was 47,000 tests, I believe, 47,000 or 4,700. I don't remember. It was a big number of tests given. So far, I think in the first five weeks of uh, practice and now of week one of the games, and there was only two positive tests. So they've definitely yeah. done a good job of keeping people at least bubbled up or whatever they're doing. Yeah, I have, uh, I ha- I have that in my report uh, a little bit later. Okay, it's coming well, good. Up. Why don't you do it now then? I'll do it right now. Does that okay. count anybody sneaking in dressed up as a football player turned out to be a stripper or something no, like that? No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, so NFL, according to data released today, 2,511 players received 15,959 tests during the period from September 6th to 12th, and 4,926 uh, 4, other team personnel received 24,520 tests during the same period with no you know, positive tests. In fact, there was just talk about there were maybe uh, two positive tests today that just came out that are not in these numbers. Right. Okay. Um, well, so at least they're, uh, that's good. Dr. Fauci will be happy. Quack, quack. <laughs> yeah. Um, two NFL players and five other personnel produced positive COVID tests during the league's most recent period, uh, a continuation of the success of the pandemic pro- protocols. The protocols really are working uh, in the league, so that's been good so far. Um, other uh, NFL notes, Buccaneers have placed wide receiver Chris Godwin in concussion protocol from a head-to-head uh, helmet collision he had. Um, 49ers have placed cornerback uh, Richard Sherman on injured reserve with calf injuries expected to miss the next three weeks, and Sean Lee had uh, pelvic surgery today and he'll be out for about another five weeks um, and New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick's mother Jeanette Belichick died on Monday she was 98 years old wow His, God bless yeah, her God bless her his dad Steve was actually uh, a coach for Navy coach Roger Starback back in the day um, and um, lastly, um, Al, Al uh, Villanueva's helmet change uh, catches the Pittsburgh Steelers teammates by surprise. Now, uh, Paul Nolan, our big great newsman, gave me a story uh, for last night that I reported on regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who chose to wear the name of uh, who chose to wear a different name than his teammates. The teammates wore Antoine Rose's name, a black teenager killed by East Pat, uh, Pittsburgh police in 2018, on the back of the helmets. But one player had a different name on his helmet, uh, which came as a really big shocked to the teammates. Um, Villanova, uh, uh, a former Army Ranger, covered up Rose's name and wrote Cash's name in his place. Villanova had former coach Mike Tomlin about the change, but his teammates were caught off guard. Um, ben Rothenberger said, I did not know about Al's choice for the back of his helmet. That's his choice. Uh, that's a ma- an amazing thing. This country we, that we live in, we can do these type of things. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, on Tuesday night, though, Rose's mother, Michelle Kenny, expressed her disappointment with Villanova's modification to his helmet. And she said, 
I quote, let me be very, very clear, she wrote on Facebook. The Pittsburgh Steelers took a team vote. Obviously, one person didn't uh, like the results, so they chose to do something different. I have nothing against Vince and absolutely appreciate everything that they have done and continue to do for us. But this one person showed us exactly who he is, and obviously he didn't approve of how uh, uh, the vote turned out. In my opinion, that's for his coach team and organization to address, not me. Now, however, Mike Tomlin fully supported what was done he and had like took no champ. issue. He saw his presser. He handled it like a champ. Yeah, no, he really did. Um, and Villanueva also uh, was criticized uh, for not uh, staying in the locker room with his team back in 2017 during those Kaepernick uh, you know, uh, protests with the National Anthem. He actually went out and stood in the hallway on the sideline there uh, with his hand over his heart because, you know, he's a former Army he's Ranger. A patriot. And he's yeah. a patriot, exactly. And he stands up. But, uh, you know, apparently, uh, you know, um, the mother here uh, really didn't appreciate it. And uh, I just figured I'd get that report out. Yeah, there, so. well, you know, any form of individualism is just. But out. How about yeah, that? Right. I mean, it's exactly. first of this, there's all kinds of people supporting you and your family. This guy's supporting him and his. So what, what's wrong with individualism? Not, Do we not, all have to live in the, the, the group think or the tribal mentality? That's half the. That's most of the problem in the world today. Yeah, yep. not only that, uh, supporting someone who actually fought and gave their life so she could stand there and disagree with it. Yeah, exactly right. J- j- just pointing it out to you, Mom. Pay right. attention. All right, what one, else, Rick? One more story. Um, so the Yankees activated all-star right fielder uh, Aaron Judge earlier today, um, and it really has helped the Yankees because they're up 13-1, to 1, although Aaron Judge is 0-4 for 4 tonight. Um, however, him and Giancarlo Stanton are back in action, and the Yankees are three and a half games behind the leading um, Rays, Tampa Rays, uh, but they're looking to make a push because they're coming off a 5-15 and 15 slide while these two guys were out, and it really hurt the team. And to our Chicago audience, the Cubs and Indians right now are tied 2-2 in the fifth, and the Chicago White Sox on the other side of town uh, trail the uh, Minnesota Twins 3-1. And one last point, uh, Burke Evans, one of our followers, had asked me about the baseball ratings and whether or not they're down. Um, And I will have a report on that Friday when I'm back uh, because I don't have anything substantial, but I I do believe they're down, but I want to have some good numbers off of Nielsen to see how baseball has been affected like football and basketball. And that's a wrap, Big D. Okay, we'll be very much looking forward to that report. A um, couple minutes left here. The one thing I didn't get to, G, if you can get that up, is thirty. the other 38. And um, so here's the end. Talk about these lunatics. Here is the end of Kaylee McEnany's press conference. And I don't know what the last question or, or um, discussion was. And I believe this is that lunatic from Playboy magazine that's in there. And I don't, why, I have no idea. But just listen to this as she's walking out. And just think. Could you imagine this happening to Obama's press secretary? Go ahead. Kaylee, if he's a law and order president, why does he keep breaking the law? What a jerk. What a jackass, this guy. I mean, is that unbelievable? This is why they are so despised by normal people who look at this. She gives them a question. She goes back and forth with these ingrates. Mm -hmm. And then she can't even get out of there without that kind of... Just assault. Assault. Rude. Well, that's, that's the attempt. I want to be noticed. Nobody noticed me today. Notice me, Kaylee. You know? The, the, they all want their moment in the sun. I got to shine. But he's a loser. Because he's screaming out something stupid 
Well, she probably doesn't have anything to back up. He's he's making this this uh, th- th- this announcement that the president broke the law. Which law? What, are you going to share that with us or no? Well, yeah, I don't know what the discussion was before that, but who? I mean, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on Real America's Voice. Great announcement today. Thanks to everybody in Comcast in Chicago. Welcome on in. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Most of all, thank you, the audience. We will see you tomorrow night, live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice.